The following is a production by Cutting to the Chase Podcast. I always kind of identify my card collection as something that's strictly a collection and like I I, I don't mean to, to knock anybody because I know that's a big thing now is buying cards left and right and it kind of sucks now because like I was trying to fill some sets lately and I was like trying to look for some cards that either on eBay or on check my cards or check out my cards and it's like really like even a Bonds rookie shouldn't be necessarily that expensive to be honest like Here's a guy that growing up, nobody wanted to collect the cards because everyone thinks the guy's a jack, right? A, sure, a jerk. I I didn't want to use a swear word. Oh, you there, can say but... whatever you want. You're fine. Oh, okay. <gasps> FCC, here I come. But I mean, you know, I mean, like he has he had that whole like mentality being like yeah, a, a, a being like a jackass. But then it's like all of a sudden everyone wants to start collecting baseball cards and Barry Bonds cards. You could usually pick those things up like dollars less than like ken griffey cards or something like that and i was like everybody wants to buy these things left and right and they're like garbage sets that i could get at like a card store right. for five bucks are being sold on ebay for 30 and then i'm like i would never pay that much for this stuff i kind of wait i can't wait until this um this whole bubble like bursts so that people will stop collecting them i mean i have a whole bunch of cards on my desk right now including this 2014 tops mike trout card that I was going to put on trading card database to trade, but then some people just want to just like nickel and dime you on that kind of crap. So I'm like, oh, got to pull all the trap cards because everybody, you know, wants to just like trade you nothing for it. And then they want to resell it. So I'm like, I'm just going to hold on to that crap until it's worthless, which is funny to say. <laughs> you're a big Jersey guy too, right? Don't you have a lot of retros or you're, you're big on that kind of thing? Well, they're retros because uh, they're just old jerseys right, people right. sell on eBay. And then I just buy all the ones I couldn't get yeah, as a kid right, in the 90s. So. Yeah, it's funny because, uh, well, first off, you, because I remember, didn't you say like your sister could sew on some of like the patches or whatever? Like you would get like. Oh, my sister is like a, like a, she's a wizard at crafts and it was it was one of those like weird eBay finds like like growing up. I, I mean, not to say he was my favorite player, but I always thought like the, like the, you know, the, the 90s based Flyers jerseys are so cool. And I always wanted one that was an Eric Lindros jersey. But when you try to see or try to find them online on like eBay and stuff like there's even old ones that have stains on them. Like people still sell those things for like 120 bucks. And I'm like, forget that noise. Let's see if I can find a different route. And I saw somebody in Canada was selling like the nameplate, the the sleeve numbers and the back number for like 10 bucks. And I'm like, all right, so 10 bucks and I can try to find an old Flyers jersey to match it and then have my sister sew it, which, which, you know, for her, she complained about it. She's like, oh, you can't believe how hard it is to sew those sleeve numbers on a long sleeve jersey, especially where you pin them. So that you want to look at, like, you know, exactly like it. But hey, I got it. Back in when we used to live in Ohio, there was a, there was the Schottenstein's, whatever that store was called, something. Anyway, they had like outlet everything. 
they would have like these random ass jerseys in there. And so they would have like 30 like hockey jerseys. Now, of course, now I think back on it, they were like legitimate, like, you know, they weren't like off. I mean, they were replicas, but they were cool. They're replicas, the good replicas. Right. They had so that my dad, he's not a Coyotes fan, but he had to get that Coyotes jersey. It was it was actually Ronick, but it was the old what they're using now for the, <sighs> the reverse retro. But they got that. that yeah, the Kachina, the Kachina Coyote yes. jersey. He got that because it was like thirty bucks. I was like twenty, thirty bucks. I'm like, this is too cool. I got an Avalanche one. It didn't have a name on the back, but I got like an old Avalanche. And this was like you know peak '90s Avalanche Red Wings rivalry. To me, those are those are the best Avs jerseys. I I I don't necessarily mind. I don't really care for. I mean, I really haven't cared for them since they since they did the Reebok Edge design in like 07. I thought the original look was just so so perfect, like so unique in the way that you had like the peaks of the mountains, like running up the 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 waist stripe and the sleeve stripe. I thought that was so cool. Yeah. Yeah, I like that they, I like the, you know, looking back on these old ones now, because I kind of liked, I mean, everybody liked the Mighty Ducks, and then they went to the Ducks, so it was like a more professional thing. But now yeah. I'm like, man, I, I miss the old Mighty Ducks. I miss the, uh, I like the old Coyotes logo being back, even if it's just the, the reverse retro or whatever the, uh. It was at JCPenney, believe it or not. For $7 when I was like in middle school, I got like a, a Jason Kidd Mavs jersey. Oh, yeah. And the only reason I got for 7 bucks was he got traded at the deadline. And J- and our local JC Penny at the Eastview Mall and, R- and Victor had to get rid of a whole bunch of these jerseys. All those guys got traded at the deadline, and I was like, I don't care if he's on Phoenix or Dallas, but I can get a kid jersey. That'd be amazing. And that was like that too. That's how I got my Nomar jersey. Finish line, finish line was selling those things for thirty bucks. Of course, you know. The number, the uniform purist in me ended up getting rid of the Nomar jersey a few months ago because I was like, oh, it's not the, it's not the right number font and it's not the right letter font that Majestic used on those replicas. But I was like, oh, 30 bucks for a Nomar jersey. I'm like, I gotta get it now. <laughs> First off, that reminds me of when I was in Chicago in 2006. Um, they had just traded Maddox, I want to say, to the Dodgers and. So I got that thing discounted, yeah. and then I got Carlos Zambrano when he was the big thing. And that thing is actually too big, <sighs> but I had to get Zambrano back when he was the man. Uh, <laughs> he uh, he was uh, he was so frustrating. I was just, I was just watching. Well, that's the thing too. I was just about to say. I was like, he, he was entertaining because he was either going to volatile pitch really good, or he was going to do something to screw up, and then he was going to get either pissed off, thrown out of a game, or probably throwing at somebody. And or get uh, into a fight with a coach or exactly. something. Exactly. God, I was, I, I was just watching a part of a game. I try to remember what it might have been for, like the 05 season or something. And it's like, you know, God, Carlos Zambrano. Sometimes, like lately, like a couple <laughs> weeks ago, I was just in a mood to just go on a YouTube wormhole. So I was going through like old, like, like for me, for some reason, 2003. I'm so I'm 32, but. For some reason, 2003 resonates as like a great sports year. I just remember like hockey on, you know, I mean, it was already before it was three at that point, but they were on ABC and it would be like John Saunders, Barry Melrose, Bill Clement, Gary Thorne, Jade. And then, uh, and then I would, so sometimes I would go down and watch like old baseball clips, pregame shows, or uh, even like a bit of a game just to be to just like, be like, wow, this is from like 03. I was doing that with hockey going through the finals and playoff games. The ABC slash ESPN booths that they had. And this is the thing that sucks is like I didn't have cable growing up. But if I went to friend's house, I would watch that like ad nauseum. That's what I did, yeah. Especially if there was like a big game. 
And the one thing because of YouTube and people putting old games on, oh my God, ESPN had the most fun broadcast, even if it's like a Thursday night hockey game, you know, between like the Blues and the Blackhawks that they would just show. That would be so much fun with the presentation they had. The boost themselves was just great. I mean, especially when, especially during the playoffs when you had Gary Thorne, yes. who, unbelievable, I think is one of, I don't know if you're a baseball team, how you get rid of I that know, guy. I know, right, yeah. He has a magnificent voice. He is so well-educated coming into his broadcast. Yeah, yeah. He is funny, but not trying to act like a comedian. He is very insightful, especially when he was paired up there with uh, Bill Clement, which is really more of how I associate him with. It's like they just had a good rapport with one another. Yeah, you don't you don't call games anymore, do you? No, I mean, after my girlfriend got transferred um, within her job at IBM, which was actually kind of ironic. It was the day before she got her promotion to get transferred to uh, Westchester. Um, I was working for an internet um, broadcasting outfit. Uh, we just did online only games, but we did some local like connected work through um, the Empire Eight, which is a college uh, conference in New York. Well, mostly New York. Um, that's where my alma mater, St. John Fisher, was affiliated with. Is affiliated with, and we also did some stuff for um, local high schools in Elmira, and then we also did some work with uh, Cornell University. I just gotten call uh, called by my boss the day before whether or not I was going to be interested in being the main play by play guy for Cornell's women's team, women's hockey team. And I mean, as big of a baseball guy, was, I love calling um, ice hockey. And I did a couple of games here or there. And I was like, or, or not a couple of Cornell games, but a couple uh, hockey games here and there for Elmira. And I was like, oh, to be able to do that, especially for a D1 school, because um, Cornell's sports information department was just phenomenal at, you know, tech side of making sure these broadcasts went out without a hitch. Cause you know, you're going to be on ESPN three, which probably is not just rebranded as ESPN plus. So, you know, you got to have top, you know, you got to make these things look like as if they're very good production value. And it was like, Oh, it was a great opportunity. But at the same time, it's like, well, you know, for her, it was a great job, over, you know, with, with IBM being able to transfer here to Westchester. And it's like, I got to say no to that, but it's like, Oh, so close. So it's like the NHL clips I was watching on YouTube. So I was like picking like random games. So for some reason, like, like, like I said, 03 is kind of sticks out. I think also 03 because that was such a fun Cubs season for me until the end, but that's besides the point. Um, but I remember like I was watching like clips of like the ducks devil Stanley cup final in game seven, uh, when the the, the uh, Devils won three zip, and of course Gary Thorne and Clement and uh, JD are on the call and doing those games, and you know, or, or I I found like a random playoff game between the Islanders and the Lightning, and like oh, actually I think it was oh I want to say oh that two oh four, I don't know. Yeah, I was gonna say they played a couple of times. I think around. I want to say oh four because the Lightning won it that year. I, I I know they did one. They won it that year. I think it was oh four. I was watching, but it was like it was just so crazy to like go back and find like these old clips or or like Lindros going back to Philly as a Ranger and all the the crowd built yeah. up and it was so funny to watch and relive this stuff on YouTube in thirty seconds or f- five minutes. That was that was like the cool thing. That was a cool thing um, that I discovered in college. You know, because again, I mean, when I was in college, you're talking about 04 to 08. So you had the infancy of YouTube, I think probably would have been like my sophomore or junior year. 
So like, you know, you couldn't find old games back then, especially then you could only put up, it had to be less than 10 minutes for the clip. And I think you're only limited to like 500 gigs or I mean, not, not gigs, 500 megabytes on a file. So you can find stuff like that really. But when I would, you know, like on Saturday nights, like going out late with my friends, I'd get back to my dorm room and sometimes I wouldn't want to go to sleep. So I would just try to see what's on TV in MSG, they, they still do it periodically, but it felt like as if they used to show this all the time at like two or three in the morning on a Saturday night, they would have something called MSG Vault, where they would usually find either old features that they did from back in the day, or obviously since the, you know they have the rights for um, the Knicks and the Rangers, they would show old Ranger games. And my favorite is when they would find like a random game between the Bruins and the Rangers in like 1974, oh, yeah. you know, and you get to see all those... Yeah, you get the, I mean, you know, again, for kids growing up in the 90s, you're used to like <laughs> all the guys with a huge amount of padding, yeah. the helmets, yeah. you know, the uh, the Easton, uh, the Easton one piece sticks and everything. And so you're seeing a bunch of guys just like beat the snot yeah. out of each other left and right with just no helmets, the oh. old uh, Sherwood and Northland lumber with the those awful uh, still leather skates and all that crap. And yeah. it, like it would make you kind of appreciate it. You know, and that's the thing I kind of love about watching those old games on YouTube. Like you kind of take some things for granted or in my case, like, you know, you talk about how much I love history. I always kind of look at everything kind of going on as like a continuation of the history and thinking of things within the historical context, you know. So it's like being able to rewatch those games is kind of fun because it allows you to kind of, you know, I always like to put my mind, put myself in the mindset of like, okay, like you talk about like Lindros going to Philly for the first time as a Ranger and you're thinking like, you know, this was the guy who was supposed to be it. And of course, for a lot of people who remember it, like this was the one thing I always hated those haphazard comparisons that they did to Lindros when he was in the OHL, like, oh, this kid's going to be the next Gretzky. And it's like, first off, A, not the same player try that you know not the same era and like you think about like that potential put upon him when he got into philadelphia now it's like a couple injuries i mean hell the philadelphia front office almost killed him when he got injured which you know eventually later prompted that trade when they wanted him to fly back when the doc i think the medical staff or some doctor was like yeah you can't fly him he could like rupture something and get a hemorrhage or something you're thinking, you know, it kind of sucks that that's the, the 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 part of his career he's at. Like he comes back to Philly, he's essentially like, I really hope Philly fans don't consider Lindros a failure because I mean, he really helped raise that team to a whole new level. I mean, Michael Renberg, John Leclerc on that Legion of Doom line. If only they had Ron Hextel from 1987 playing net in 1997, and they might have had a chance against Detroit. Who knows? <laughs>